0: So I'm going to share from a message um, that's a heart message for me, and it's from Luke 10. And I'll just start quickly. Ah, Shoterobosaya. I'm going to start with verse 23. Then he turned to his disciples and he said privately, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and hear what you hear, but did not hear it. And then he began to teach the disciples from the parable. It's a parable, hey, of the good Samaritan. And he said, on one occasion, this is a parable here. On one occasion, the expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. That's bizarre. Oh, how absolutely arrogant, crazy, bizarre is that? Hey, that somebody would stand up to test Jesus. Can you imagine that? That guy thought he was so brilliant and so amazing and so capable, he got up to test Jesus. At least he had the right question. What was his question? Somebody yell it out. Anybody? What was his question? Right. What must they do to inherit eternal life? That's a good question at least. He was arrogant, but his question was right what is written in the law he pro- he replied how do you read it and he answered what did he answer let's say it together oh oh oh, oh it's a little wimpy come on come on Shakarabakaya. love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself now let's say it again slowly love the lord your god with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that's, that's it. That's the, that's the ponto final. That's what we need to know and what we need to live and how we need to walk. Radical love for God, not just with our mind, but with our strength, with our soul, with our actions, within truth. We read in 1 John, love looks like something. Love God, just love God and and love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love yourself, you're forgiven you, covered in the blood you, then you won't love your neighbor. So allow God to to allow you, by his great grace, to receive forgiveness for you. That's huge. I want to pause there for a minute. Because unless you understand that, it's going to be very hard for you to love your neighbor. Because you're going to feel so much shame and so much blame and, and not really understand who you are as daddy's daughter or daddy's son, that you're not going to be able to reach out there and love people like he asked you to. And love really is about what? what how would you look at it? How would you look at love? What is it somebody this is different. That's okay. Yesterday was very different. Here we are. I'm looking at you. It's wild. My eyes are open. I'm looking at you and seeing you. What does love mean for you? Anybody? Action. Action. Mice. Sh- sacrifice. Mice. Daldiga. Sh- <laughs> finance. Did you say, I said finance. Okay, somebody said kindness. It could be, it could be. kindness. Kindness. Time. Compassion. Unconditional. I love that. I love them all, but unconditional. Perseverance. Obedience. Faithfulness. Tolerance. Ooh, that's a good one. It involves forgiveness too, doesn't it? It involves forgiveness. For me, it speaks of intimacy. Of intimacy too. Just intimacy like this face-to-face, heart-to-heart connection with the beauty of Jesus. Like the reason that as a tribe, as a people, and we're a little tribe, we're a little people, we're not extraordinary, but we are in love. And, and the Lord loves that we're in love with him. And what we do is we push aside, at least in Mozambique, like we, we just, every month we get to baptize people. It's so beautiful. This last Sunday, we baptized 70 people. The, the, the month before, 342. I love this in a nation that's in, in a crisis, you know, with war. And look at That's just in the one local church. I love it. Come on, that's exciting. But what we do is we seek his beautiful face. And we go into the prayer house and we just worship. And we don't ask for things. It's really interesting. We don't ask for money. We need a ton of money, of course. But we don't ask for it. We don't go to God and go, oh, please give us money or we'll die. No, we worship. We adore we delight, and we, we, just, we just sing to the Lord. We sing in Makua. We sing in Portuguese. We sometimes sing in English, even. We sing, and we worship, and we just give our lives, and then we get up, and we go out. We get up, and we go out. Last week, I'm just up and out. Like, you, you see me here, and I'm all cleaned up, and I have a hairdryer in the room, and it's amazing stuff. But out there, like my life, my normal life is in the prayer house, out with the poor, sitting in the dust, sitting in the dirt. I love it so much. And then I travel a third of my life. You could get confused, but it's beautiful because every place I get to go, I get to, I get to adore him. I get to give him everything. I get to see the one in front of me and stop for the one in front of me. And I don't try to do things too complicated for me. I adore him and ask, what's, what's my purpose right now today? I just had a beautiful time with sweetie, this beautiful lover of Jesus lady from Sri Lanka. I loved that. That was my, that was my beautiful assignment right then, just to get to know that beautiful lover of Jesus. As we adore him, he reveals his heart to us. And as we adore him, we, we, we get up from that place. And we're not, I understand the clock and more people coming in, and I really respect it. And I want to tell you, there's um, time for the clock and time for, for time, but there's also time to let it go, And that's what we do in this prayer house. We just adore the Lord because we know as we get up and go out that often we're going to risk our lives because there's so many Al-Shabaab all around. There's so many terrorists all around. And as we're out there, we know that we, we may be, you know, we may be in very, very, big danger. But the powerful thing is we go out with oil, we go out with holy wine. So here's the parable, and this is what we've learned, and why we do things the way we do things as a people, and why I encourage you as a people to seek intimacy with him more than any other thing intimacy with Jesus more than any other thing. Let everything else burn away. Whether you're a physician, whether you're a professor, an entrepreneur, whether you're a driver, a pilot, a minister, whoever you are, let let your life be filled with affection and adoration for the one who is worthy. He will strengthen you, and he will empower you for what he asks you to do. And I'll tell you this parable. I know it really well. In the parable, there's a Samaritan um, that we hear about. But first, we hear about a band of robbers, a band of thieves. Do you have any thieves in Singapore? You're very, very, very uh, safe kind of group. But there, there are probably some thieves. They're probably very, very good. They're probably white-collar thieves, we call them. They, they do it with money and uh, um, electronic transfers and such. But there are thieves everywhere. Well, in this story, there were a bunch of bandits, and they came, and this man is just walking, and he's going, um, he's going on a journey. Do you remember where he was going? You're like, What? It's, it's open book. Never mind. I'll, 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 I'll share with you here. It's open book. Really, it is. But he's, he's walking here. I'm going to read it quickly. He answered about this love, this passion. That's the first point. Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Do this and you'll live. But he wanted to justify himself. We often want to do that. Like, yep, got that. Ja, ja, ja. Yes, yes, yes. No, not yes, not enough, not a yes. In reply, the Lord gave him this uh this story about a man going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, went along, leaving him half dead, and a priest. What does a priest represent? A man from the church. Or I mean, in that culture would definitely been a man from the church, right? A priest, a a religious man, happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So did a Levite. What does the Levite represent? You guys, you're so scaring me right now. You can talk, I asked for a question, it's okay. What does the Levite represent? The Levite was a tribe of worshipers. They were worshipers. So a priest, a minister, a pastor in your culture, or most of our cultures, a pastor sees a dying, bloody man on the road. And you're in Singapore. Singapore. So you're like, we don't see too many of them. Well, Will was up early. I wasn't up as early as Will and saw all kinds of hundreds and hundreds of people on the road, sleeping rough on the street. Did you even know they're there? They're there. I've seen them too when I've taken walks here. They're hungry, dying people here too. But most of them in Singapore are in disguise. They're in disguise, so they might look well-fed, they might look well-clothed, but they're hurting, dying, broken, depressed, pushed aside people. And God, Holy Lamb of God, wants to open your eyes. He wants you to be able to see what he sees and do what he does. But unless you have oil, and wine, the wine of the spirit, you will not stop for the dying man. You'll be too busy with your schedule. You'll be too busy with your job, too busy with with everything else, and you will simply walk by the other side. you understand? You'll walk by, you'll say, oh, they're not in need, or I don't see them. Well, this man in the parable was like blatantly dying. He's bloody, he's hurting, he's sick. I feel like telling this first story right now. Haven't told it in years. This little girl who taught me this beautiful story for the first time. It was in the early days, we didn't have many resources, we were really hungry ourselves, and this little girl was brought to me, and she had blood red eyes, blood red, blood red. There were eyes stuck to the saliva in her eyes, just stuck there. She couldn't even wipe them off. She had no strength. Her belly was bloated. She had scabies. She had worms. She was dying. She'd been raped. She was in rags, shredded rags. And she came. She was brought to me. I looked at her. When I looked into her eyes, I seriously saw Jesus look right back into my eyes. Right there, her blood, red eyes with flies stuck to them. Jesus looked right back at me. He said, Whatsoever you do to the least of these, you do unto me. It was so powerful and so clear. All I knew to do was was just hold her. And I'm not John G. Lake. So I ended up with the scabies. I ended up with the lice. I held her. I rocked her. My little daughter, my little Ying. her Chinese name is Jingying, Yan Dinga Yan. Yan Dean. Mine's, never mind. There's a Yan Dean too. Mine's Yan Dean. And hers is Ying. Anyway, she looked at her and, and she said, mommy, I want to give her my best dress. And that's what she did. She gave her her best dress. And we took her to the hospital. And they said, just forget her. She's going to die. She's there. And then they said this to me. They said, just don't worry about it. There's so many more where she came from. Don't worry about her. She's going to die. Don't worry about her. There's so many more. So many more. So many more. Just just leave her to die. And the Lord so clearly said to me, "No. She will live and not die, and you will love her and you will raise her and you will see her know the King of Glory." And we loved that little baby girl. We loved her. She wasn't such a baby. She was already 10, 11. She had no documents. Oh, we raised her and she texts me three, four times a week. She's now has her, her degree. She's now becoming a teacher. She she is now a mother. She is now a woman of God. She is now shining for Jesus. Hallelujah. She is healed and she is whole. This is what my Jesus does. And he's asking you to take away your blinders. Because we have blinders on, beloved of God. And in Singapore, it's very hard for us to to remember the poor because we don't see them very often. But the Lord wants you not only to remember the physically poor, but to remember the spiritually poor. The people who literally are orphaned out there and don't know the king of glory. And he says, now stop. Don't just, in my opinion, this man was, was rushing to a church growth conference, and so he didn't have time. And he had paid a fee to go to it. So he didn't have time, so he's rushing to the church growth conference. There's another theory that you could use is that he didn't have any oil. And because he knew he didn't have any oil, because he knew he had no intimacy, he didn't have any connection with the living God, he was unable to stop because if he stopped, that man on the road would not be helped. You know where you are, whether it's a lack of oil or a lack of compassion or 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 you're too busy, or you're too preoccupied, or you need new wine of the Spirit. I don't know where it is or where you are, or maybe you stop for the one every day. But it really is stopping for the one who is the one before you can stop for the one out there. Before we go on outreach, three days a week generally, we spend hours in adoration. And the Lord will tell us when not to go somewhere. And we'll find out we were told not to go somewhere. And then Al-Shabaab's right there. That's ISIS. They, they're right there and they, they killed people right there where we were going to go. And the Lord will tell us in the prayer house, don't go. go. Go this place. Don't go that place. It's wild. That's, we know in the secret place. And when you adore the Lord, you're going to know where to go. So in the story, the priest didn't stop. Isn't that sad? Are we so busy sometimes in our ministry that we forget what ministry is? Are we so busy with our programs that we forget what it really is? Para. Man, man. Man, man, ha. Slowly spend a little more time in the secret place. As you spend a little more time in the secret place, you'll go into the heart of God and you'll be able to stop for the one in need. It's very, very critical. How does the church grow? We know that it doesn't grow because we have bigger stadium meetings. Stadium meetings are celebrations. They're beautiful. I love them. I love preaching in stadiums. Will loves preaching in stadiums. If you're a preacher, you love preaching in stadiums because you love God's presence and seeing tens of thousands or over 100,000 worshipers adoring the Lord. But it's not a place where it's just where, where people just run to Jesus. People run to Jesus slowly. They run to Jesus slowly as you stop for them, as you love them, as you see them, as you give them your time of day. In Singapore, your most priceless commodity in one of the richest nations on the planet per capita, your greatest commodity is your time. That's what you don't have a lot of. In Mozambique, It's a very, very poor country. One of the poorest in the world. We have lots of time. Lots of time. Time is money. You will be like, well, then we should be wealthy. (laughs) We have so much time. You could just, you know, you go visit somebody. They'll just keep you there for three hours and tell you to spend the night. It, It doesn't matter if they even have food. It's like time is, time is just abundant in every way. God wants a little bit more of your time. You're very good with ofertas. <laughs> You're very good with sharing and building and growing. Like that. God wants a little more of your time. He wants to press you in for a little more of your time. Not right now because there's another service coming. But he wants it. In the sacred place, he wants it. And and he also actually wants it with you and giving it to your family too. Like your children need your time. There's many things. So I want to end with this on time. Yeah, now I'm not confused. It really works for me. Still a little stressful, but it works for me. So Jesus um, spoke about these guys that passed by and I, uh, we, I want you to stand please because it's going to help me to make sure I finish in four minutes. The Samaritan, he was traveling by and he saw the man and he took pity on him and he went and he bandaged his wounds and he poured oil and wine on the man. Oil and wine speak to me about intimacy. And today we don't have time to come to the front, but we do have time to make a move in our hearts. And in, the, in our hearts, I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and lift your hands to the Lord. If you're online watching, then just close your eyes wherever you are, unless you're driving, don't do that. And, and close your eyes and lift your hands, and, and some, of, some of you may even fall to your knees. It's up to you, and ask God, first of all, to consecrate your heart, to give Him the time that He wants. In the secret place face to face with him oil and wine oil and wine we need oil and wine we need the oil of the spirit we need the wine of the spirit speaks about anointing it speaks about the beauty of anointing the beauty of the blood of jesus covered in the blood jesus is the blood poured out for us. Jesus is the wine. Jesus is the oil, the oil of his presence Come and by oil, Come and by oil. And that man, that businessman, he walked by and he saw the dying man and he had pity on him. and he had pity on him, and he, he went low. He got down on his knees. The man was in the dirt. I've been on that road many, many times, more times than I can count. Israel is my other home outside of Mozambique. And I got down on my knees So many times in that place, just trying to feel what it was like in the heat of the day with the flies, with the dying man just there, beaten by robbers, thinking how could anyone walk by on the other side, but they had no oil, they had no wine. So they couldn't stop because they had no means and they were blind. They were blind, they were blind. Put your hands on your eyes right now. Ask the Lord for ISAP. Maybe you're just hard of seeing, maybe the people's disguises, maybe the Gucci and Armani and whatever else they're called, Calvin, I don't even know them all, but I'm sure Mont Blanc, I know that one. The different ways, the things they have or the way they dress, maybe they've disguised themselves so beautifully that you have not seen their poverty. You haven't seen their pain. You haven't seen that they are dying and naked and bloody. And sick. So ask Jesus right now to open your eyes that you would stop. So that man stopped, that Samaritan man stopped and he poured oil and wine on the dying man. He put him on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn and he took care of him. We have been taking care of Beatrice for all these years. We've been taking care of her and and now she's a young woman and now we're sending her to another course. It's not like you just do it for a while. It's a, it's a lifelong thing. You disciple someone generally lifelong I have disciples I've been working with for over 20 years now. I'm telling you, it's a lifelong thing. He took them to the inn. He said, I will pay. And some people it's shorter, some it's longer. And he took out two silver coins. He gave it to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. I will return, I will pay you back. I'll reimburse every expense, anything it costs, I will do it. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And I wanna ask whichever pastor is ending this service right now, I wanna ask you to come And together with this beautiful congregation cornerstone, this family of mine, my Asian family, I want you to answer the question together. And then as you leave, this is perfect now, as you leave this service, go, go now, as you leave this service, go now. It's perfect that the time's up. It's perfect. It's perfect. Go now and do likewise. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, Please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.